0: Gravy, not just another Shepherd Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, with a cold. And my co host, Dr. Luke Gledall, is wilder than Chris. How much wilder? Stay tuned and find out. How are you doing today, Luke? <laughs> good
1: i don't know if i really want to be compared too much to chris wilder but uh other than that i'm all right
0: i've i had the, the unfortunate thing of sort of listening to a bit of radio sheffield on the way home and um i think they're just obsessed that like, i've been, i'm sure if we win the premier league we would get more coverage and stuff but it, it was like they played a full i don't know like 15 minute. Drony press conference with oh, it felt very little editing, if, if if there was any at all. Just like he was just spouting off on things, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> sometimes about football, but more just like you know, and the weather we've been having, blah blah blah, and just
1: you yeah, trying to get it down to a type fifteen, possibly.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. He's waiting to break it out on the circuit. Um, anyway, yeah. So you're 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 well. You've covered yeah, with I'm the doing well.
1: Stuff? It's uh. So, uh, yeah, I could make some comparisons. Uh, I went to see the Kanye West IMAX release. Oh. That is, uh related around his new album, which is kind of very gospel related. So uh, I went to see uh, on Thursday nights a screening, which I only managed to get one of the last three seats as I found out about it, which so I was bang at the front of the IMAX. And uh, that was uh, pretty pretty dull and pretty uninspiring. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe I could make some allusions to uh, something else that happened midweek, which we'll get on to.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose yeah, in the same way that um, you know Kanye will will probably make some money out of this album, regardless of how um, how disappointing the whole affair seems to have been. Um, you know, the, the, the midweek, what we may may be talking about later. Um, you know, we got we got something to show for it. That's what it's all about, really. So without without further ado, uh, we should probably do.
1: Breaking hoo-hoos. Breaking hoo-hoos indeed, and the uh, thing I was alluding to was the, was the game against Stoke midweek, which we can probably always look at football, and we always will, especially on this podcast and plenty of other commentary, um, of where does football lie in this spectrum of entertainment, and uh, maybe it's towards the more dull and boring side of things. For the game against Stoke on Tuesday.
0: Yeah. Better than bowls. Maybe better than fishing? I don't think I'd watch televised fishing. But that that game of yeah, that that game of football was pretty, ranking pretty
1: low on the on the entertainment factor. I know um, there's a phrase that my dad uses, which is uh better than rugby league, not as good as badminton. Which, that's quite uh, fun. Yes. Which I think kind of captures up the uh the events that happened on Tuesday midweek as as we all know it was a one 0 victory against Stoke. Um as, uh you precursed rich stoker a side a degree of resurgence um mm. but maybe that was damning with faint praise looking at their performance because they seem like a pretty poor side
0: yeah for all their um their jumped up twerp of the managers jumping around and flailing on the halfway line there was not much good stuff from stoke they were pitiful and we were we were just bad and thankfully bad beat pitiful it, it was one of those weird games where it felt like we had a uh, we had another gear p- potentially. If we were challenged, we could have mm. we could have stepped things up a bit. I don't know whether that is false, you know, false hope on my part. But it just had that vague sense that we could have we could have done a, a bit more if we if we'd needed to. But the fact of the matter was that kind of five and a half out of ten was more than enough to beat that dreadful stoke city team
1: yeah i feel like that kind of concept of do we have another gear i think is probably true but i genuinely felt that from what we were seeing it was a a hazy hungover glimpse at an apparition of something happening you know with having that second gear to kind of kick things up we do i mean definitely need to but it's uh yeah it wasn't the uh wasn't a scintillating game of football By any means. But, I mean, this is, I think, something that we're seeing and it's probably going to kind of lead and kind of kick on to our review of the game today. But um, (coughs) certainly it's methodical, certainly it was a clean sheet, and uh, and for the sake of Tuesday, it was three points. Three points in the bag. So...
0: Some bright bits in there, Um, another, I'd say defensively, a very sound display. Uh, They really didn't get any chances in in the game at all. Uh, And I thought Luongo had another really fine performance, kind of doing what he does, which is sort of buzzing around the play and, 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 and adding nice little bits of touch, you know, a touch of the ball, a bit of energy, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, on the whole, a, a game pretty devoid of, of, of quality. But what quality was there, we, we were the ones bringing it along, which was uh, the reason that we won the game. I think uh, I remember Reach having a chance in the first half, which was really the only time anybody seemed to dribble a football for more than a, a couple of feet. Uh, And he had the shot low down to the keeper's left, which was, to be honest, fairly comfortable save. But it was, again, it was about the only little glimmer of nice stuff that happened. Um, And then... A howling error from their one of their 17 ginormous blonde centre-backs uh, Let Luongo sort of steamroll through and uh, take his chance very, very efficiently mm. um, Again, a nonchalance so He scored his first goal with a sort of nonchalant air And um, same, same thing here mm-hmm. Definitely um, The
1: only thing I think really, the only threat was, was it the Gregory header? I believe it was was it Gregory right, for Stoke? Yeah. And then with the yeah. header, which was uh, an impeccable palm away from uh, deputising goalkeeper Cameron Dawson. So I was happy for him that he got the clean sheet, which I'd argue he probably should have done uh, in the game against Cardiff last week. But uh, yeah, yeah. I a also clean thought... Sheet was- three points, and it's in the history books. Is done. Hopefully, I don't have yeah. to watch that game again. I may suspect that sometimes we may see some kind of di- different iterations of a similar game in <laughs> future.
0: Yeah, uh, I think coming away from the from today's game, um, well, there's a few. There's, a, I think it's an, it's going to be interesting to talk about that match. We again, we haven't really shared anything. We're not even sort of shared a text message of a, of what we made of today's game against Leeds. Um, a, a hugely early start for you. Um, for me it was too early of a start for a weekend so i don't know how you must be feeling in terms of how uh the Sky um, schedule has
1: stolen some some, uh, some shut-eye from you. Uh... I, just, I really miss those. Uh, I mean, it, this is probably something that you may not like as well, but the I, from my perspective, for where I am in the world, uh, with my time zone, a 5 p.m. kickoff for something televised wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I quite like that kind of time, and then getting up at 10 a.m. is pretty sweet for me with the yeah. same difference. I mean, I know for yourself when you commute into the games that could be quite challenging but uh, just yeah i just 12, 12 o'clock kickoffs are just nightmares 12:30 12, yeah. 12 yeah yeah it's it's uh it's a,
0: it's just rubbish and they tend to be not particularly good games I think as a result like the players take a, a longer to warm up into them although and the crowds do but although to that I don't think that was the case today to be like the Hillsborough was bouncing before kickoff in a way that it doesn't all too often uh
1: which was it was a nice nice thing to uh, to experience once in a while so you think the 12 p.m. early kickoffs go against uh, circadian rhythms? Um, quite possibly. The natural circadian rhythm of a football player. I'm also wondering as well, I mean, we, I, I find it hilarious that we, we do our podcasts on the weekends. We look at the weekend games, which is fantastic. Um, if we did it based on, <laughs> if we did midweek games, Wednesday midweek performances are usually pretty poor. <laughs> I mean it's it's funny looking back at some of the results from midweek games. I remember a time when, um, probably about five, six years ago, but Wednesday were notoriously bad at midweek games. It was just mm-hmm. something we couldn't do. And it made you wonder to a certain degree about performances on times. And even during yeah. I think the weaker periods of Wednesday, I think definitely the Saturday three PM games at home. I've usually been good value for Wednesday nights, and we've done pretty well, definitely
0: I think uh yeah, in terms of the midweek games, that was certainly a feature under Calverhall, I think that was um the more time we had to plan for a game, the better the performances were. Mm. Uh, And it felt like he spent so long, he spent so much of the kind of build up to the midweek games going, oh, it's such a shame to have to play Saturday, Tuesday. And it's really hard for the players. They can't really recover. And they're really, they are really tired when we play these games. And lo and behold, we put in some really lethargic performances, almost like we'd been given given the opportunity to show all that lethargy, and, uh, and therefore <laughs> it's out on the pitch.
1: The free reign to disappoint as much as being built.
0: Not that yeah, not that I want to kind of. Um, I don't know, mollify footballers to the point of being toddlers. But you know, it's that kind of (laughs) moment where. But I still sometimes we do in our
1: conversation, don't we? I Uh, guess.
0: It's a temptation that's, I think, always there, unfortunately. But yeah, um, not footballers, toddlers in this case. You know, they kind of fall (laughs) over and there's that moment where. The reaction of the parent they look to after falling over will dictate what their reaction ends up yes. being. Yes. So if yeah. the parent goes oh no you've hurt your knee then the kid's like yeah I hurt my knee and if the parents sort of went oh you're alright, like, yeah I am alright actually and it is a bit like that with the, with the if you're spending the time in training going you're dead tired aren't you, you're really tired and it's kind of like they come out and yeah lo and behold they're a bit tired um, yes I'm probably giving um, it's probably slightly disrespectful To uh, think of, of, of Sort of grown professional men In such a way uh, But it did feel like That was the case under Carlos They were given the excuses And and uh, readily took them up mm-hmm. uh, So today's game uh, A fairly busy Hillsborough although it was one of those Where when he actually looked a bit closer At the north stand there was quite a lot of empty seats Um uh, even though, you know, at first glance it looked quite full and then you're like, oh, do you know what, actually every other seat is uh, is spare at the moment. Uh, but still a good a good noise and a, and a good, you know, a good buzz about the place. Um, despite the fact we had a bit of bad news before the kickoff again uh, in that our wonderful German... Left-sided centre-back Jerome Berner was not going to be able to make the make the game.
1: Yeah, and that was an interesting lineup for the fact that um, I was initially just purely disappointed. Of I think I was, I was sending you a text pre-game about the lineup and saying, well, Westwood's back. Um, mm. Luongo isn't. Luongo misses out. Luongo's still. Um, not passed a late fitness check, even though apparently he received some kind of level of all clear, um, the other day. So that's just, that was disappointing. It was disappointing to miss him out and not see him in the 16 at all. And then, um, yeah. And then I, I came back in and saw that, uh, had been injured in the warm up -up or tweak something. So Pelopesia had been upgraded into the starting line. Have we heard anything since about Burner, or is it just still very preliminary? Um, Genuinely, the funny thing with me is I haven't actually had time to... uh, I got up about 3.30 a.m., uh, which was probably about 10.30 in the morning UK time. We're so both I had a couple of hours to kill before the game, watch the game, and then I had a nice little nap until uh, until okay, now. So, so I haven't you, even had you, a chance to sleep- check the any post-match analysis.
0: You've been sleeping and I've been driving, so um, this is as fresh as it gets, guys. Uh, in some ways, you can count yourself lucky. This is... This is <laughs> the first moment um, of, of us picking, picking this, these things apart. Um, so I, I similarly was disappointed that Luongo wasn't going to make the uh, make the team. Uh, it's it's interesting. I wonder if he would have gone for four four two if he was if he was fit because that would have been a change anyway from from the team that won midweek. If uh, if if Ati Nui was going to start. Uh, but yeah, it's always a, it's it's just a shame when that happens. When you sort of feel like, even if we put in a good performance, we, we're not at our full full best, um, losing out on a player in in that way. But hopefully, hopefully he's not too bad. Hopefully Luongo's not too bad. Uh, I have to say, I thought Sam Hutchinson did a fantastic job dropping in at centre back.
1: I was uh, really happy to see from the team sheet that he came in to deputise at centre back. I felt mm-hmm. that. I felt like in that situation, I think you need a character who's someone's going to come in. And just in that very kind of short shrift moment of being told that you're on, I, f- I think Sam Hutchinson's very much the character of someone that you'd want to come in and deputise. So I was really happy to see that. And um, thankfully, he didn't prove me wrong in that aspect.
0: He I thought he really shone. And I thought I also had a fantastic game as well. Um in fact, all all, all the defence really did really well today. Um, the, the, I did wonder whether it might be Fox sort of stepping in at left-sided centre-back and then I don't know whether we'd do something else, but... Um, but yeah, they uh, they all did they all did a fine job. Westwood produ- produced some fantastic saves as well. Um, so, what did you make of the game as a, as a whole? I we don't I don't have sort of um, a full match report or anything to work through so to give a kind of a satisfying timeline, to be honest. But if if were you making notes during the game,
1: I was, and definitely the <gasps> first half was a real battle. Um, so again, looking at that that kind of uh, looking at that team sheet, I was wondering that playing two in the middle, I was wondering if you're just going to kind of bypass the midfield whatsoever. Um, I As I was hilariously chatting with my brother, who's uh, very much the more on the opposite end of the spectrum to Joey Palopassi, that Rich is. Mm-hmm. So uh, he laments uh, the presence of Joey oh, Palopassi okay. quite a bit. Um, but I was there thinking, really, that for a large majority, we're not really going to play through the middle, thinking that we're going to go try and get it long and use that height and power of New You and Fletcher um, to really cause some damage. And I think that's kind of really what we aimed at. Um, it wasn't particularly pretty, but the thing I will kind of confess to is definitely with the nature of playing kind of direct uh, direct sides or Playing playing a direct side um, for Wednesday is that you can still create some kind of magic and still can create some um, some moments up top, up, you know, the further ends of the pitch. You just kind of get there quicker if you have the players to deal with yeah. it. Yeah, um, but it it didn't really it didn't really look to kind of work, or <clears throat> I wasn't really sure what the kind of issue was in the first half, but. Uh, there really wasn't much being created. Um, it was a huge battle with the with the Leeds players. Um, I, I thought Leeds were were definitely dominating, setting the pace of the game. Um, but I, I think in the degree of like looking at Monk sides and looking at our counter attacking side, um, we seem to embody a little bit of that. Yeah. So I, nice. I don't know how much was kind of just <clears throat> the players were kind of given a degree of uh, allowance to give you know to let Leeds have a bit more of the ball and have a bit more control.
0: There's an awful lot of teams in this league who... Like the You know In terms in conversational terms They like the sound Of their own voice There's an awful lot Of teams in this league That you know Now that they can Put a centre back In the box And start playing From that far back are Taking that Seizing that opportunity But what Almost All of them Boil down to is They just will Aimlessly pass it Around their back Four or five For as long as you You know For as long as You led them And mm-hmm. There was definitely an aspect of that from from Leeds because I think any time they tried to sort of up the pace um, or or start to play a more a bit more of a probing pass, it seemed to fall apart pretty easily. Um, it was yeah, it was interesting because I I think at no point did it feel like we were winning that midfield battle. I don't think I think Bannon has got so used to not defending. Um, he's he's just well he's defending. For, that's not fair. He's defending further up the pit So he's 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 broken his habit of sitting deep and trying to be you know be all things to all men and provide those last ditch tackles that he he used to do. And a lot of that meant you had heart in your mouth. Because you don't want to see anybody sliding in, particularly not a kind of diminutive angry Scotsman. Um, But um, yeah, so not much happened in the central midfield because I think they were trying to go down the flanks. And we were mixing up going long and going down the flanks. But I thought Mm -hmm. first half, it was was fairly evenly matched. But we we looked like we needed half time to just kind of sort out what, what everybody was supposed to be doing. I think there was a few occasions where players looked like they weren't sure... Particularly the fullbacks weren't well, sure whether they should go forward or not in certain
1: situations. Yeah, which I guess is an interesting thing. And I mean, you never really know the uh, the lay of the land and what's going on in the game until you've seen the kind of until you've you've seen that opening deal of what the opposition is doing. So I can kind of see that. I wondered whether with all the changes that we just looked, we had a rough idea of a game plan, and maybe it was just not kind of fully formed. I, I, I well, wonder I, about these changes and that we have, and I think the players who came in did remarkably well in that situation um, I would say for Joey Pelopesi, I think definitely coming up against some of the players of quality and caliber that Leeds have I don't think he was going to win many no. kind of- foot races or any kind of battles in the middle of the park but by no means did he embarrass himself and i think that's probably one of the nicer things i can say about joey palapesi today um but but yeah we just looked a little bit out of sorts i think
0: well i think it's a big shift i think so if we would made that decision to go to two in midfield, we don't know when that happened because as you say, we were told Luongo and uh yeah, so we were told Luongo and Westwood had both been past fit. Um, and, and had been training with the first team. So the fact that Luongo is nowhere near the squad makes you think oh did something happen and how late so, in the day did it happen?
1: Which is a very strange, I don't know if it's a little bit of kind of mind games or or maybe just poor miscommunication amongst teams or we're just we're not letting on anything to the press. Apparently um, after the game Monk has said about Luongo said that uh, he was healing his ankle and they checked his ankle and it was still swollen and they thought it would have died down but it hadn't so yeah
0: yeah well yeah maybe it's a bit of mind games i don't mind i don't mind that at all to be honest if if that's the
1: case um and then the the, you know the smaller disappointment out of all of this is us uh us as fans getting upset that you know we don't get to see a player you
0: know (laughs) yeah (laughs) we get
1: disappointed in the lineup um i so that I guess the funny thing, especially about this squad is rich, is that we do have, we have quite a number of players, but then now Lee's is injured still or coming back from injury. Um, Mm. I don't really have any kind of great uh, perspective on... um, on when Bates is coming back and Julian mm. Berner has done something in the warm up, which again is not something I've kind of looked into what's happening there. Excuse me. But um, yeah, I, there are a few times I do kind of get a little bit worried about some of the numbers that we have. Uh, yeah. I think particularly,
0: I think today looking at it, uh, I suppose that there won't, it won't be every day that Hutch deputizes in, in defense, but we didn't really have a solid midfield option to bring on. Uh, I know I know we've got Kieran Lee there but I th- it's more and more feeling like Kieran Lee is part of the squad out of a, some sort of sympathy vote. Um, not that he hasn't deserved some some sympathy and some loyalty from the club, but I certainly I wouldn't have much faith if he, if if I saw a starting lineup that was Kieran Lee starting in our central midfield. That would worry me for the game ahead because um, I just mm-hmm. at the moment I'm not sure what he's bringing to the table. Uh, whether that can come. I don't know, but at, at this point in time, I just I'm not sure what Kieran Lee at this stage in his his his, his career is uh is particularly good at. Um but let's so I, I think so maybe maybe it was a, a clever ruse. The the 442 was what we were going to go with anyway. But it is disruptive. Burner dropping out and being replaced by Hutchinson means not only do we have a new defense, we've also got a new midfield. So it's it's doubly disruptive. Yeah. Hutchinson and Pelopesi are very different in the way they play midfield. Hutch and, and Burner probably not too f- dissimilar actually in the way they play centre back. So it meant that the defence I thought looked pretty solid all the way through and really the only the only drop in their understanding was the the moment where uh, Bamford kind of played them both and 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 uh, got his free header that um, produced a wonderful save from Westwood towards the end of the,
1: the half that was astonishing and that was really the only time I think that was probably the for the the first Leeds efforts on targets I don't think they had anything else or if oh, they had something else they kind of almost we kind of lost over it in a weird way way um like because we we kind of the thing that i was really impressed with today was the defensive shape that we had yeah which is definitely a hallmark of this monk side is that we're we are, we are very professionally organized and very effective in that department. We hold a good shape and uh, we don't give much change to the opposition. Saying that, though, I guess it was a weird first half because, I mean, even though that, you know, I was happy that we contained them, but we didn't really look to, I couldn't really see what the plan was. I don't think it was particularly working. I, you know, the prospect of having both New Year and Fletcher, kind of these two battering rams, really pushing and pulling the the lead centre-backs around and apart. Um, We didn't really kind of profit from that kind of, you know, that long ball approach. A lot of the time, it was a few kind of punts forward from the defence under pressure. Um, so there wasn't really even an option to play it through the middle. And then Westwood's kicking. Um, I was chatting with my oldest brother about this. Uh, you know, I said, Westwood's kicking isn't particularly great. He said, it's better than Dawson. And I said, uh, that's damning with fame praise, really. Um, you so it, just You see how... He's uh. anytime he
0: tries to mix it up from a punt directly down the field, which may go straight down the middle, it may be a left, it may be a right, but anytime he tries something different from that, so trying to pick out a man on the left or right, it nearly always goes straight out of play, or it's even worse, and bounces, you know, in a
1: dangerous territory, kind of hands possession away in that way. Mm. Um, well, we have and just... We also have a smattering, a little sprinkling of a few occasions where Westwood just ends up punting it out for a throw-in anyway. Yeah, which was, I think happened a... at least once in the first half. It may have happened twice. Yeah,
0: I don't know whether he can't throw or just doesn't like. To, I, I don't. I, you never see him sort of bowl it out.
1: No. That was a very much a uh, Cameron Dawson move wasn't it when uh <laughs> when the former manager Jos thought that uh, Cameron Dawson was some, uh, was some Edison of a championship and that would be the one yeah. to help uh, revolutionize this playing out from the back uh, mentality. Um, so Dawson can do that. We've seen it sometimes be more effective than other times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Especially under that. We definitely played it very short and invite a lot of pressure on ourselves, which didn't turn out very well. Um, No, I I mean sort of a longer throw. You know, goalkeepers,
0: obviously uh, the most... One of the most famous exponents of it was Peter Schmeichel. He could throw it over the halfway line with pretty good accuracy and pace. Mm-hmm. But I just you wonder with with Westwood, so he can't really trust himself, and other players can't trust him to play a pass to them with his foot. I just wonder if some of those middle distance things, whether, whether throwing the ball if he's en- if he's if he's got that and his locker, whether that's an option. It's just we can't make quick breaks. There was one great bit where he like sort of, um, well, maybe a couple of times where he really came and like claimed across really well. And then he looks up and he kind of like pumps his hand like he's going to do something. But we know and all the players know they are not going to be passed the ball by him. (laughs) So it's just one of those things where it's like it's a bit of kind of dead air because what
1: comes next is... A punt straight down the middle of the pitch. Mm. Anyway, uh, so just to kind of sum up the first half, I mean, we had like yeah. two half decent chances. There was a good effort on the 14 minute mark from Palmer where he kind of rasped. off. Lovely one little after, shot. Yeah,
0: that was really which nice. Was pretty
1: damn good for uh, Palmer. Uh, the commentator said, like, last time he scored was that time that me and you mentioned a thing in a previous podcast yes. against MK Don. So that was 2011. Yeah. So that was eight years ago, basically, last scored in a, you know, I guess a regular game. I mean I, I do remember him scoring in a preseason friendly maybe last year, I think it was, or the season before.
0: Yeah. I think it's when yeah. we played
1: Espanyol, I think it was. Yes. Um and he scored in that game. Um that was that was the beginning of last season. But uh for an actual proper game, like yeah, Palmer doesn't score and it's not um it'd be nice if we had a few more players who could finish and who were decent chip in, Absolutely. Chip in with you know, chip in with that because You know, I guess the funny thing is looking at both Wednesday and Leeds, we're kind of, we seem from the kind of stats wise and kind of looking at the table, we look like very similar sides for goals for and goals against. Leeds don't seem to score many goals. I think they've scored a few more than us and they don't concede many goals.
0: To be honest, that's what if I had to sort of sum up what what was the game like, I'd say it looked like two pretty decent teams who were very evenly matched. Mm. That's that's what it looked like, um, and yeah, I think you're, you're right, and and it, it may well be that that's going to be the case. I'm just looking at the the actual stats. Yeah, so we we've scored one more goal than they have, but we've conceded two more.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, so it's it's very very close in
1: terms of. Uh, mm how the seasons have gone so far. And especially that kind of <clears throat> the only other chance we can talk about is that fantastic <laughs> shot from Fletcher. The one where he absolutely rasped it um, at the keeper. And that was also, um, yeah, that was that uh, one. No, that was a one two from Fletch. Fletch did a great bit of work to do a, a little one two with New You just outside the box. Yes. And then got it, and then just absolutely rafts one at the keeper and. Uh, his, see really us. really foot Diving there. parry over the bar. So. That was a great save. It was. It was. It was a great hit and a great save. Mm. Not quite as good as the save that uh, Westwood pulled out from Bamford.
0: No, because that one was just... You were just waiting on it, sneaking in.
1: You went to just nestle into the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like It felt like watching that. It felt like an eternity of watching the ball.
0: Oh, so slow motion.
1: Towards, yeah. towards the goal. But
0: uh, It was both centre-backs misreading the ball so that Bamford had the free header. That all, all happened so slowly. And then uh, his little sort of flick of a header around the corner meant that it was just... It was barely moving, <laughs> but yeah, finally
1: Westwood just got his fingers to it at the end. So yes, it was an interesting kind of first half, I'd say. Like it was a real fight. There's a lot of battle. The mm. um, thing that was kind of, I think we did remarkably well to keep that shape and to keep that defensive organisation and not really give much change to the leads. <gasps> it's yeah. uh, it's scary how much quality they have in the side. I do want to say. Like they looked, they looked a very, very good side. To kind of go toe to toe with this lead side was impressive to me. That's that's probably one of the biggest positives of the game.
0: It was really odd, actually, to get so full time in a game like that. I think, I think, had they not had their spell where they had those two good chances in a row in the second half, that it might have been a bit of a different story. But the full time whistle blew, and I think everyone just stood up and clapped and walking out of the ground and walking back to the car all of the chatter that i was hearing i'm sure there's you know there's some confirmation bias i'm sure there were people moaning some in some corners but all of the chatter i was hearing was people being pretty chipper about the game and um quite pleased with it and i think boiling it down like you say there, going toe to toe i think so many times in the last three or four seasons maybe even sometimes under under Carlos even you know when we were kind of in this conversation at the top of the table last time we'd come to those big games and it was like the plan was to just hold on Mm. maybe sneak something but we wouldn't we weren't addressing them as equals we were they were better and we were trying to kind of pull off a a a trick against them you know Mm. and today felt like no we'll we'll stand and we'll duke it out and we'll see see who wins and it turns out actually nobody won sorry um but it was it was actually nice to be involved in that game where you come away Can thinking you... these are, these are we're two of the better sides in this league and we both deserve to um to be where we are i think sorry go on well, i just want to say <laughs> so
1: I, I guess it's an interesting thing do you think it it marks well that uh, the first half was kind of fair it wasn't scintillating that no. it was competitive it, it was full-blooded we did compete um i think we also did a little bit fortunate i felt we had a very good referee today i found that helped i think midweek against stoke we had a decent referee um i felt the referee did very well today only a few yellow cards i wondered with the condition with slipperiness and seeing hutchinson at center back um, yes (laughs) we'd see a, a real booking plaza booking palooza at uh hillsborough yeah. at and it wasn't and they've had a decent control of the game there's a few yellows there's a few kind of small kind of decisions but but nothing huge and nothing i mean there's the uh some people are talking a lot about phillips um hitting joey p in the face
0: yeah that looked so that's one of those incidents where I only saw it at the time, but you could definitely see an arm was was swung towards him. So, so was there much in that?
1: It was interesting. So I've, I've told you again how with my feet <coughs> I have I have m zone here yes. is <laughs> here in canada which has all basically has a sky sports feed it's nothing like it's a game that's broadcast um so they have the feed from that but we ha- seemingly does knows that it's bread is buttered with the big ticket of the premier league rights that it has so it's right. only going to commit in terms of resources one commentator so i have some chap who is uh Jeff, Jeff McCommons, some oh. some guy I've never heard of in my life, but it's just him on his own. And right. uh, he turns up and does a job, but it's, there's no great passion or narrative being pushed forward. Like yes. I imagine the interesting things of watching Sky, I understand it was a bit of a leap to love in, which, um, hell, they're playing to a very, very popular and well-supported side, even if uh, a team that is also well disliked by a lot of people as well mm-hmm. um yeah. so a lot of things kind of fed into that narrative magic for the sky sports commentary but w- when i kind of watch it it's very kind of somber and also i kind of enjoy that when i'm watching something in the dark and 5 a.m as well um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they they kind of mentioned it and they did re- replay it, but it was very non-committal to to going in any great direction. Okay. So I'd be interested to see what the narrative pushed by Sky is, since everything is very much a story with Sky Sports. You can't just purely have a football game. This was a football game. It happened. Yeah, this happened. Be some... Everything becomes a narrative, and I'd be <coughs> interested to see what Sky said. Even though I understand that naturally with Leeds United, it's a bit of a loving, it's a bit of a love fest, and. Um, um, yeah, so I mean that was kind of close. There wasn't anything I really kind of disagreed with, uh, so that was good. The thing I wanted to get onto was saying that I wanted to ask you, Rich. Do you think it was so positive coming out the ground because the second half had a lot more impetus, and I felt that yes. like we came out with a lot. You know, maybe they had a rocket or a mini rocket. I'm not sure of the size of rocket the players received it at half time but they they certainly upped their game in the second half and we looked we did look for large portions the slightly better side in a game of very fine margins
0: (laughs) well it's interesting so in terms of a rock i'm not sure it was a rocket as much as it was just like kind of being able to give proper instruction to players in the new lineup because i just think that just didn't have time to happen because you say oh Joey Pelopesi playing central midfield well that's a pretty multifaceted role to be playing in a team so Mm. what are his responsibilities what are Bannon's responsibilities what if when the but what are we supposed to do when this happens when that happens all that sort of stuff if we're having to make a decision in within minutes none of that has a chance to kind of get talked about and even like who get who got marked at set pieces. I mean, the first set piece, um, bizarrely, author was marking Aleoski or whatever he's called, mm-hmm. who is about four foot nothing. Um, that didn't continue. You you won't be surprised to uh, to hear. Uh but it just was like it just felt like we hadn't had a chance to sort out the responsibilities in the mm. new the new layout so I think getting to half time let us have those conversations so we had a clearer view of what the plan was um I also think I think to an extent we might have let Leeds kind of wear themselves out a bit. Um, I think they had a, they they sort of continued pushing to about the fifty-five minute mark, but after that, it it took them quite a while to get to that stage where they maybe had that sort of second or third third win, and that that was all time where we were really pushing and looking pretty dangerous. Mm. I thought Ati. Attie did nothing much in the first half, but really had a good second half. Mm. In a way, you know, with your kind of critical eye, I I'm not I'm not sure taking Attie off was the best idea when we did. Because we Forestieri brought a lot of energy. Mm. But if you watch the game back, nothing actually really happened after Forestieri came on. And it felt like with Attie on the pitch, it was almost a matter of time because we just seem to get be getting chance after chance, and Fletcher hit the bar. Um, so, there was one, the one from Harris where he killed it into the far post, and the keeper made another fantastic save.
1: Mm. So that's an interesting question, was because I noticed the game opened up a hell of a lot more in the second half. And I yeah. don't think it was just basically you're coming up against a team who has a bit of impetus. Suddenly a team shows impetus and a bit more pace and urgency, and stopping that is, is a little bit of a shock, and it's difficult to do. Yes, I mean, I think it's also been kind of noted, especially some of the previous games, looking at Cardiff, uh, a little bit of Stoke as well. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what do you do from a footballing perspective as a defending side when a team comes at you like that? Yeah, and I'm not sure really sure what the answer is. I don't, I don't know if I <coughs> get badges and get some points, or you know, some football, <laughs> some football managers have a good perspective to say here's what you do in that. I, I sometimes feel like we're lacking kind of a good idea as to what to do in those situations. <clears throat> Yeah. But I also understand that it's very difficult to deal in those situations as well. Um, so anyway, so I felt like leads were, you know, looking like they're struggling, that we're going at them. And the game just opened up so much more. And we actually started kind of pushing and prying and playing balls through the middle. And um, yeah, we were looking a lot more kind of dangerous side. Um, I think, I don't know if you were kind of answered this before, Rich, my point to you was: do you think that it seems positive amongst the fans that the second half was so much more positive in that regard.
0: I think so. I also think just, you know, Leeds, thankfully, has been one of those fixtures I I think I've been able to consistently get along to for whatever reason for for a number of years. And and I do... I think yes it was it was a good performance second half. I think as well we by making the changes we did we we kept trying to win the game. So we were doing better than Leeds and we made our changes to try and make ourselves even more dangerous. So I think I think there's always an element, it's just nice to see, because I think you sometimes feel like, and we've had a lot of it this season, where people go, oh, like it's Stoke, I've seen comments on online from people saying, oh, we should have battered them, should be beating teams like that, 3-0 and things like that. So there's there's, there's been this weird arrogance, really, throughout the Chancery era, where like it's like, oh, it's not enough to even win we have to like win impressively mm. um and almost like we've got this kind of god-given right to win a game of football and some games like today you can absolutely do everything right makes some really good chances and it's just not your day yeah but i think that i mean particularly that fletcher chance where you know he beats the keeper cannons off the bar hits the goalkeeper's back, but still kind of rolls out of play. That's just one of those things where it's like, you know, Fletcher could take that shot a hundred times and that, course of events would probably happen just the one time it happened. <laughs> um mm. so and and probably in like sixty or seventy of those scenarios, he scores the goal. Uh so so just those those things it was just nice to have that feeling that there was a bit of togetherness, a bit of a a, a bit of pride walking out of the ground. Mm. Uh when sometimes you do feel like it's a bit of a bottomless pit. People can't, you know, can't be pleased enough. Oh, it was five nil, but what about what about that chance it could have been eight?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a nice position to be in. Obviously. Certainly wasn't a Southampton Leicester game, was it? What's it probably? wasn't one of those. No, definitely. Oh. So. I I think that kind of really sums up the game. Should we kind of uh, get cracking on player ratings and just kind of cycle through these pretty quickly? Um, Westwood, I I decide to give a 7 for... I think he gets a 7 for that impeccable save. Um, Still a few questions about his kicking. That's not something we're really going to get kind of corrected. No. Um, I think if you noticed in previous occasions, you've said, you know, Westwood's kicking is often saved by the fact that, you know, the mobility and the ability of Fletcher Mm. up top can sometimes save that. Um, But I think we've gone with a 7. I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair enough.
1: Um, Palmer, I I decided to give a seven for. I think he did fine. He defended very well. Um, I I definitely agree with you that you know, especially that beast in the second half. He looked to be getting forward a little bit more as well. Um, He had a tough game though. I mean, uh, I think defending and going up against Leeds on the flanks with some of their quality is going to be. Is going to be tough for anyone, yeah. And I think he did well. Actually, I might give Palmer a 7.5. I like that effort he
0: had in the first half. I like that shot. I think, yeah, that, that would be my inclination seven and a half because of the uh, yeah, because of the lovely effort. Um, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes, especially for fullbacks, there's going to be times where you push back, and and they are set up. They have, I think, they were playing five at the back, um, mm. but they were also. I think they'd kind of split the midfield to to try and over overrun us on the on the flanks a little bit. So it was it was tricky for both the fullbacks, but they both did really well. Um, and and yeah, Palmer, that could have again on another day that was such a good effort that could have been spilt and and somebody else could have gobbled up the chance or it could have been a goal in its own right. So yeah, well, mm. just nice to see him doing so well. Um, it's it's really pleasing.
1: Yeah, I think the the better of my ratings have really gone towards defence so if i offer i've gone for a 7.5 um i didn't really make any great notes but i just thought he was very assured um i enjoyed he also had another marauding run as he well did. In, the, um, he did. in the uh in the first half which i really enjoyed um he was just great he's just been fantastic
0: he's my until i see evidence otherwise i think he's my choice for the right-sided center back he's just so i don't know he brings so much to that role um and he's developing a kind of because uh, I think at fullback he can often look that I mean it's a it's a cliche but uh, the Bambi on ice sort of comment at centre back he's almost sort of languid there's a uh, there's more fluidity to the way you move mm. it just all looks it all looks better put together. Uh, I, I just yeah, just love it. I love Big Dom at centre back. It's
1: I'm all about it, Luke. I'm just that's what I'm just saying.
0: Um, okay, and then uh, and then
1: Hutch is uh, Hutchinson. His um, so bar his horrendous Cogney waltz in the first <laughs> half. Where he decided to uh, have a little, yes, have a little one two, one two, um, papa, whatever it was, kind of uh, (laughs) bring it out from the back, which nearly got us into some trouble in that time. Apart from that, I mean, he didn't really put a foot wrong for the rest of the game um i i just felt that it just it just it it was a game that i think he was someone who really stepped up to the challenge of being and kind of deputizing Huge. that role Huge. and it yeah. just says a lot about his character and who he is as a player
0: yeah
1: and that was a real positive i i feel like as definitely a 7.5
0: it's where you see he still talks about himself as a, he sees himself as a centre-back despite the fact almost all of his time at, at Wednesday he's played in midfield he you know if he has to put his uh job title on on you know passport application or whatever it's centre-back and you you see that he's he's more assured he's calmer as a centre-back than he is as a as a midfielder. He's a uh, nutcase, just going around, just hawking people down, <laughs> tackling them round their knees.
1: Uh, as I a mean, maybe back, this is a so conversation. Dumb. Maybe this is a conversation that <laughs> we'll kind of uh, carry on if we if we see more of Sam Hutchins staying with the club. Um, I think a lot of people have kind of said this as well, so it's, it's not a particularly new or uh, novel kind of concept for me. But the mentality of like, hey, he's getting older, he's losing a bit of pace... How about you bring him back? You know, he moves back in the game. He moves back in the pitch. So maybe centre-back in his kind of, you know, his latter era of his career is probably a good good switch for him.
0: Maybe... I suspect his pace is a big part of him as a player, but we'll, well, we'll see. So do you think, so let's say if, if, if Berner can't make, um, the, the Blackburn game next Saturday,
1: would you go with Hutch or would you put, uh, Thornley in? That's a really big question. I don't really know the answer to that. I, I feel on this, I feel on this evidence, I feel you have to give it to Hutch right now. I think so too.
0: It just leaves us a
1: little bit limited in midfield. That's the only thing. It removes well, it depends. It. It the question, the, the, the second follow up to that question, the second is: <laughs> What's going on with Action Mass? Yeah, is he in perpetual um, inaction? Right now, also also Julian Burner apparently rolled his ankle. Oh, okay. So that's what Gary Monk was saying after the game. Um. Anyway, um. Should we move do on? Think, to oh,
0: um, Do you think uh, the injury is bad enough that he's? Um, this is uh, Luongo. Do you think it's bad enough that he's? Um, he's hooked up to on onto a hospital bed in some sort of machinery.
1: Why do you say that, Rich? I,
0: I'm saying is, it, do you think he's traction mass?
1: <laughs>
0: oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>
1: Oh, that's my favorite bit of the episode. Um, <laughs> um moving on to Fox as well. Fox was uh very good again. I much as I've bemoaned <laughs> the lack of like, Moses Odebaujo from the team. Um Listen, there was an impromptu has been pretty good and he had a really good game today.
0: He did. Um including the great he played the pass for Fletcher hitting the bar.
1: That was a really I know, and that was that was a one-two he <laughs> had, wasn't it? Was it one-two <laughs> i think and fox oh, yes. absolutely yeah. marauded kind of yeah. drifted into the inside just coming forward with a real purpose and uh tenacity that's rarely seen from you know one of our fullbacks yeah um fed it into fletcher and fletcher absolutely thundered it against the bar so i've given him a 7.5 i think he was definitely one of the standout performers today yeah he he was he was really good
0: uh I was, I was just saying that, um, notable, there was an impromptu round of people just, of people singing a song today, which, oh, that's, that's a real lovely. rare occurrence, what a turnaround for that guy. That was great to hear. I mean, it's a pity that so many people have to be pricks in the first place, but it's nice when it comes full circle. <laughs> Like, that's the Lewis Buxton thing, you know. It's a shame that people were awful enough to boo one of our own players, but it's nice to see them have the um, have the kind of wherewithal to turn that round for themselves. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just yeah. through
0: solid performances. He's not spoken out in the press or uh, won us around with his singing voice. It's just been, yeah, good good hearty left-back performances, like the one today.
1: Mm. Little Joey, Joey P. Uh, Give him a six. He was a bit out of sorts. Um, I think we can always rely on a bit of industry and trying from uh, the muscles from Heracles. Um, that's, that's all I can really say about him. You know, it just I, I thought it was difficult dropping into a role. And also, the problem is you're not really going to kind of win that midfield battle. No um he did okay he was okay was probably one i think it's probably the weaker performances of the day i think
0: yeah i think he did a lot of the kind of quiet stuff quiet unnoticed stuff i think because a lot of what he does is sort of blocking off passing channels and things like that so sometimes not seeing him is is better than seeing him all the time uh if if that makes sense Uh, uh, but it was tricky for him today and I think it's tricky because Bannon's got so used to being a fixture further up the pitch so there's just more to do in a if you're playing in a two with Bannon that's a harder job now because he's, he's relinquished a lot of that responsibility he used to take on for the better of him and the team but it does make being a, a defensive midfielder with him in a two potentially sort of unfeasible, to be honest. Um, although by and large they kept they coped pretty well today. Uh, but we Baz, we Baz gave to...
1: a seven point five. It was a decent performance. I think he was a little bit of everywhere and he's got a little bit of bite to his game. Um, we always ask Bannon to do a lot, you know. But it just goes on the nature of what a capable and uh, fantastic football at this level that bannon is that you know he can just even even a seven out of ten from bannon is is still pretty pretty damn worthwhile it's tasty isn't it yeah
0: i'm so... inclined to go for seven because i think one of the i think one of the reasons we went with new and fletcher is actually leads up pretty short along the center back uh, uh, along the back line mm. Uh even reach was kind of towering above both of their center backs and i just think we lacked quality in our set pieces today we never really challenged them
1: <laughs> that was funny cuz i noticed that uh, bannon was doing one of his uh, signals one where <laughs> Puts to touch his head. And then he, uh, after that one, which I kind of focused on, I think in the second half meant that he, or first half, meant that basically it wasn't going to clear the first man. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) He did that same, he did that gesture three times and the corner went to three completely different bits of the box. I don't, yeah. So just, yeah, there was just, I think it summed up his, it's weird that the rest of his game was working pretty well because I agree. I think he had a good game and he was everywhere other than <laughs> those set pieces. But the one we had towards the end, where he just lofted it straight to the goalkeeper, that was just kind of a bit of a. In a nutshell, that was kind. That was what all the set pieces had been like, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where we could have really hurt them, I think. If 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 we were if we were
1: doing a better job with those set That was the disappointment for the game was having that height with net with Fleury, uh, Fleury, uh Fleury and Netcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. Um those two up front, up top. The we burnt, didn't really the first
0: pair of championship uh, thuggery.
1: And then you also, you know, you look and you've probably got Iortha to kind of chip in as well on set pieces. Yeah. We didn't really do much damage, which was a shame.
0: We didn't. We didn't we didn't stretch
1: them at all in that in that regard, unfortunately. No. And we really should have been able to i think how did you how did you felt that kind of looking at the wingers how did you feel that reached it
0: he he sort of symptomatic of the way the team played i think he had a different i think he had a, an indifferent first half and a, and a really bright second half mm-hmm. he did a lot of cat ball carrying and, and put you know sort of bringing us 10 15 20 yards forward with his running in this in the second half um had that decent opportunity that kind of dropped over his shoulder as well uh wasn't the best shot he's ever had but it was a it, it was the right thing to do was to just hit it if, yeah if think swing his foot at it yeah just the decision making was right even if the the execution wasn't quite what it should have been but yeah i th- i thought he had a re- particularly second half i thought he had a good a good uh, a good
1: half what did you think i'd probably agree with that i i just I, I i found it hard to kind of make any great notes on reach today we've had brighter games from him mm. i think we've had a few worse games recently so i kind of opted for a 6.5 yeah, fair enough At i think we to get set, some of the quality but... that we can usually get for Reach. you
0: know yeah i think he was trying to make make the most of what was happening due to the two big front men uh but It was a tough game today. It was really hard to, uh, it was hard to stand out attacking wise. Uh, There was one key moment where I'm just remembering now where reach was running with the ball (laughs) and both the center forwards did like the worst possible version of the run that they could have done. (laughs) So like Fletcher disappeared. This is in the second half. Fletcher disappeared behind like four, literally four Leeds players. Not, I'm not exaggerating. Um, And, Nuiu chose to run directly in front of reach like exactly where reach would want to go with the ball (laughs) although obviously a lot slower than reach would be able to run if he if Ati Nuiu was not stood in his way (laughs) um and then just kind of stop so neither of them made any run that he was able to do and therefore reach ends up losing the ball and it's I, I think Sometimes he runs himself into cul-de-sacs as, as all wingers do. Mm. But then sometimes sometimes the cul-de-sac kind of <laughs> gets built around you <laughs> as you're doing the running. Because uh, I, th- I, de- I, I think he worked his socks off mm. and I'm sure he'll be really frustrated that he didn't get anything going really today. But... I, I almost think it's not it wasn't particularly him lacking in in quality or, or or effort. It just it just wasn't wasn't happening. It was too busy the situations where he was getting the ball and things like that. Um
1: Harris on the other side. I was a bit more generous with Harris. I kind of yeah. went for seven. Um maybe not his day in terms of qual I think both Reach and Harris can both suffer from a bit of a less day of quality. I, I made a note about Harris in that chance where he, he you know, he tucked in, you know, he got a onto his right foot as he likes to do. Yes. And one day, Harris will put his foot through one and scream into the top corner. Today yes. wasn't that day. Today no. wasn't that day, which we've had a few of those as well. I, I think a goal is in him. A goal or two is in him in those positions. Well, I think got, the thing that was, was frustrating yeah. in that situation was he had some better crossing options. Yeah.
0: There was one of those that was really good that there was nearly a goal. It was one of those where like, there was one where like you're just begging new to... I mean he probably would have bashed his head off at least the post, if not the bar and the posts. <laughs> but yeah. you're just like, oh, just just throw yourself at it. Let's make make something happen. Um so you did that he did that one, Harris, but before that he'd had a bet I think that's the one you're talking about, a better opportunity. And yeah, he ended up putting it probably ten feet wide and ten feet over. Uh I think he's I I just enjoy watching him do what he does and I'm constantly amazed by how much energy he has um particularly when immediately after losing the ball or, or being tackled or playing his cross he looks completely exhausted and and downtrodden uh then the next time the ball comes he's he's full of running again so he's he's uh he's an impressive individual in in many ways mm-hmm. uh and on a, yeah on another day could have easily had a goal t- today hmm
1: So then um, Atti knew you. I went for a six point five for New You. I think that probably maybe sums up the kind of balance of the game. He did alright. I I was disappointed just there wasn't a bit more kind of needle and bullying from him for the centre backs. I I think that's a thing for him and Fletcher. That was just a bit I, I that was what I was expecting completely from this game. I was expecting that Netcher and Fluyu, as I yes. said, because obviously they're so interchangeable as characters <laughs> and players. <Yes. laughs> I just expected them to just be a real kind of uh, tag team wrestling outfit today. I'll be honest. Um, it's just kind of a bit missing. I mean, yeah, I, I still think for New Year, the promise is better. It's the better option to bring off the bench than to start with.
0: I would tend to agree. I thought, see, see, I, I would I would give New Year at least a seven because I thought he was right in the middle of all the good stuff that was happening in the second half. Mm-hmm. He was holding the ball up. He was working the channels. Um I thought he was he did a lot more than Fletcher second half I thought Fletcher was a little bit anonymous at times second half it a bit a bit like how hotch and bannon used to be fighting over that same that same sort of square of ground just that you know just in front of the center for the center backs a little bit it felt like uh knew you had kind of you know stolen his bread and he he was he was looking for things to do around the outside of that fletcher um but I thought Nui was doing a good job with the, with the bits and pieces he had, uh, you know, drawing people in and then and then spreading the play out further wide. Uh, it, it, interestingly, uh, Nui made four tackles today, apparently, which is more than any other player on the pitch. Um, so yeah, I th- I thought he did he did a bit better than than that, although. It was getting to the point, when he came off, it was getting to the point where something needed to happen in terms of a change. We needed something. Yeah. Yeah. We needed a bit more pace, basically, up top, I think. But I was I was so pleased with New Yu. I, te- I would have been tempted to take Fletcher off for, for Forestieri because I think all of the good stuff stopped happening then. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. But you're, I think you're right. It was interesting. We were almost set up for it to be that a bit of a turf war up there. And it, it never really happened. I would say part of why it didn't happen was the lack the poor set pieces. Yeah. The, the yeah, fact that, that, that the we kept just kicking the ball straight to their goalkeeper <laughs> meant that they weren't able to kind of get their, you know, get their pointy elbows out and, and work some of those situations in, in the way that you love to as a center centre forwards. Big centre forwards.
1: Um okay. Uh Fletch? I gave him a seven point five. Um I'm gutted for him he didn't score somehow i felt he did almost everything right to get in that position um maybe a little bit unfortunate with the i think it was the bannon cross that was kind of teased across in the second half oh yes yeah and he kind of stretched to it and kind of cleared it out as opposed to actually getting it towards a goal but i think it was an impeccably difficult angle for that um and the shots both shots in the first and the second half um nice that lovely rasping drive where i don't think i've seen him hit it as sweetly I, I genuinely struggle to remember times that Fletcher hits the ball as well as he did today on both he's, occasions. He is,
0: not to sound like a broken record, but he is playing... This is vintage Stephen Fletcher football we're seeing right now. That You know, I, I would be amazed if this is not one of his best two or three seasons he's ever had in his career. Because he, yeah. he's giving us the full Stephen Fletcher on a twice-weekly basis. <laughs> And um, and looking so fit and able doing it, it's 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 really really good. Mm. And with that is coming here, he's taking more more of these. He's not taking the chances, if you know what I mean, in terms of scoring the goals. Unfortunately, they they're not. You know, they're not exactly flying in left, right and centre, but he's taking on more of those opportunities than we'd normally see him do. I don't think normally he takes that shot from the edge of the box. And when he does, it's a pretty tame effort. That was a great, great effort from the edge of the box. Uh, And yeah, nice nice to see. But it speaks of a guy that is playing with a lot
1: of confidence. Definitely. I would give him a 7.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on board with that. And so in terms of scores, I mean, he's up there for my man of a match. It's a difficult one to call for man of a match. Um, I would maybe opt for Fox or Fletcher myself. Maybe Fox. Yeah, I think Fox is a good call because I, I haven't seen it back, but
0: there was also that, that particular shot. Before they hit the post, they had a really good effort, and I think Fox...
1: He did a goal line. Well, they called it a goal line clearance, but it. They wasn't called there. it oh, I, Yeah. You know, it was going in basically. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's yeah. As as a defender, you've got to count those as as being pretty much level heading with a goal.
1: Yeah, especially if you imagine a Julian burner being there for you, you have to exactly. uh, have a nice burner grin. And, yeah. Celebrate
0: me on the back so a bit too hard hmm um yeah and then then the fact that he was very very close with his uh with his uh, assist for for Fletch as well so I think yeah let's let's give it to Morgan Fox
1: mm-hmm ah and then quickly, let's just go through the two substitutions. <coughs> <clears throat> two? Uh, was it free or? No, no, there were two. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Kieran <laughs> Lee, I gave a six. He was a little bit anonymous. Um, the disappointment of the joy of having Kieran Lee back to a certain degree of who Kieran Lee's being. But then recently, definitely looking a bit rusty, looking a bit anonymous. Uh, Do you think it's
0: a confidence thing, or do you think it's just old father
1: time? I think it might be option C, which is a bit of both, i would be honest. Yeah, it's probably a bit of both. Yeah. It's just...
0: it's I th- knowing what Kieran Lee is like in full flight or was like in full flight um, because tense is important here. Um, not so much today because he didn't have that much to do, but the Stoke game midweek it, it was pretty hard to watch him be so kind of tame and ineffective. Uh, and and today was more of the same. It just was less exposed, I think. Mm-hmm. Six, is fair enough. I think probably uh,
1: maybe even a touch generous, but yeah.
0: So then Forestieri came on.
1: Um, I'd give him Forestieri a seven. I thought he was a bit more like it. Mm. Uh, it was a brief cameo. I think having someone come on with that energy and spurts that uh, Nando possesses is always positive. Um, I, I think I heard some people say maybe he should have come on a bit sooner. I I don't know. I think it was difficult to kind of, what would you sacrifice in a team that's that was doing well, holding its shape and maybe on a few occasions looking to kind of grab that goal that you know if there was a goal in this I game think,
0: yeah the time when people were starting to and i think even there was a little bit of like chanting his name i think mm-hmm. um at that time for me i was feeling like it was just a matter of time you know we were kind of building ahead of steam and we we'd we'd, uh, we'd had a couple of really nice opportunities in, in a short space of time uh, so It's just, it's so hard to manage a game like that and manage, you know, all the various bits of it. I think Forestieri, he came on. You're right, there's a lot of energy there. There's a buzz. People get excited when Forestieri comes on. Mm -hmm. unfortunately we've had now we're getting into this is is this the third year now where oh it's buzzy and exciting and then did anything actually change Did anything actually happen there there was nothing even remotely close to end product and i know he's been out a long time and I'm, I'm, i'm sympathetic to that but if this is a guy that is you know potentially hoping to secure another whopping great contract either with us or somewhere else he's going to have to do better than just a bit of kind of bluster and running straight into the first person that's directly in front of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's going to have to happen soon because we're getting on for halfway through the season. Um, Pot and a big chunk of that has been missed through, you know, whatever the 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 reasons are. It was a big, long suspension, so he missed a chunk of time. Um, but now now he needs to get on with it. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see <laughs> I do think Seven is fair he created a buzz and things could have happened as a result of that um, but it just felt like another one of these, oh it's exciting Forestieri's on and everybody gets excited every time he gets the ball and then does anything actually happen nothing you can point to on a scoreboard
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah so I that feels like I've ended on a on a bomb note a, a bit of a negative note and I apologize for that because I came away feeling pretty good about the game um and I just noticed that I do sort of pull up uh who scored whilst we whilst we chat um and one of the things I noticed looking at the championship top teams for ratings number one is Leeds with 6.84 and number two Sheffield Wednesday was six point eight. Excellent. <laughs> so I think it speaks to the fact we're we're doing all right, and I think today was a real testament to the fact that we're um you know we're one of those teams that's that's got to be you've got to keep an eye on if you're if you're trying to you know put your picture together of who might be involved towards the end of the season. So that that was a, it was a bit of a stamp of approval in that regard. Mm. So that was nice to nice to have. We are we do rack up an awful lot of yellow cards. We're one of the dirtiest teams in the league as well um it's worth just <laughs> worth noting
1: and head and shoulders above his peers is uh sammy hutchinson in that regard they commented on the commentary that he uh he has the most yellow cards in.
0: <laughs> he may well surely he must be close to having the most yellow cards in like all of football
1: <laughs> it could well do i don't think there's any other characters uh mainly the level of uh with lack of discipline, as Sam.
0: Yeah, seven out of 14 games. It's insane, yeah. He's already missed one as well, so actually for him it's seven out of 13 games. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. It's a lot of yellow cards. He's
1: definitely going to miss two games of the uh, Spence sometime soon, right? Yes, yeah.
0: Well, that's he's only got three more then, I, I guess, before.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He'll will definitely get through those before Christmas. Anyway, those those are fun things for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, another another week and another another um, another week where we've maintained our two points per game average.
1: Yeah, four points from the last two is uh, exceptionally good going. Maybe it, it, it's I, I think as I said last week, uh, slightly different perspective. I thought we'd beat Leeds and maybe have a difficult draw, draw at home to Stoke, but. Turns out the your way around, and uh, frankly, I don't care, as long as they keep getting that <laughs> No, of
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we've got Blackburn, which they're um, they're on a pretty poor run of form, uh, our Blackburn Rovers. And I think the managers, there's, there's question marks. I'm not going to um, prematurely announce the sacking of another manager on the podcast, but um, Mowbray is definitely get There's murmurs about Mowbray. Um, but they've lost the last two in a row. Uh, they've not won for six games uh, so pff, probably going to be a Blackburn win is that what we're expecting?
1: it could well happen that way so it, it's a difficult one to even think about a call so maybe we'll just say we'll see what happens in we'll, that see. we'll
0: play it by ear yeah <laughs> well uh, I hope you have a, a, a wonderful week Luke and uh, I hope my cold clears up by the time we, we talk again
1: yeah I hope, you, I hope you feel better and I hope you have a good week as all right cheerio folks See you guys. guys.